0: welcome to shedding light hunting stories podcast the podcast dedicated to the average joe and their great hunting stories i'm your host travis williams you're listening to episode 111 Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hope that you are having a great week. And um, spring is on the horizon here in Ohio. It's starting to get to be that time of year. Guys are starting to get pretty excited about turkey hunting, and I just so happen to be one of them. <laughs> I've uh, got the mouth calls in the car because my wife doesn't really particularly like me practicing in the the house, and so <laughs> I've been um, yelping my head off going down the road. I'm sure whenever I come to a red light and people are wondering what's going on, but but no, it's been fun. Um, that's about it. Not much else been happening uh, this week. If you noticed the podcast a little bit later in the week, just because I wasn't able to get a, a guest lined up, so you are stuck with me today. However, I really hope to make this worthwhile. This is going to be some hunting stories, but also hopefully I can drop on you everything I know about turkey hunting from the past. I'm um, going on year number seven, so been at this for seven years. I really don't know that much, honestly, (laughs) but what I do know, I want to share with you. So I'm going to kind of weave that in with every bird I've been able to harvest along with some stories where I didn't get one. And hopefully this is kind of educational, um, along with just fun. So uh, that's kind of the plan for today. I do have some uh, guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. However, I'm always looking for guests. Uh, I haven't put like the, the burden on myself that I have to release one podcast a week, but I, I, have, I have been able to do that. So if you want to help me keep that rolling, I'd love to hear your hunting stories. It's not about that goal, really. It's about just hearing more stories and sharing more information and and uh, just providing something that hopefully is entertaining and uh, challenging and encouraging to you. So that said, we're just going to jump right in today, and I'll just tell you, growing up, uh, maybe and you may have heard a couple of these stories. I don't think I've told all of them, uh, but I'll just say this. Growing up, I I was not a turkey hunter, um, knew nothing about it, had no idea that turkeys gobbled their heads off in the spring. And the only thing I knew is that in high school, whenever I got in there, I knew when turkey season was getting close because these guys would bring mouth calls into the classroom, and they would yelp occasionally. They'd let out a little putt, and uh, the teacher couldn't figure out who it was, of course, because they had their mouth closed, and they thought it was hilarious. I thought those guys were idiots, right? <laughs> I'm just like, just kind of goofy. That, and, and my dad always thought it was pretty dangerous, um, pretending to be a turkey in the woods, so he always had reservations about it. So I'd never considered it. Um, I got into bow hunting, I got, you know, gun hunted deer, and that was kind of the main thing, deer, squirrel, you know. But uh, 2014 rolled around, and I started watching turkey hunting videos. I don't know if it gained in popularity or if I just became aware of it, but it was 2014 whenever I decided, you know what, I'm going to go and try and do this. So I got myself a turkey vest that um, was at my dad's house for some reason. I, I think there was a guy there that had left it, and so I had this turkey vest I got a box call. So, if if you're new to turkey hunting, I'm going to try and explain things as I go. So, it's, you know, you can kind of get some basics. But a box call is a real easy call to use. It doesn't require too much skill, although there are some people who are very skilled at using it and can make just about any sound you want. Um, But I decided, you know what? I, I want to learn. I also want to learn how to use like something where I could get pretty good at it. So I, I bought a slate call, and I don't even remember the first one. Actually, I do. I take that back. It was a Primos, um, a little, it was a little tiny call. It wasn't very big, and it was a glass call. And so that those were my first calls. And I went over to a property that's about 100 acres. Uh, a guy at church lets me hunt. And I I chased birds all around, like went every which direction trying to get on birds. And that first year, I just messed up. I mean, didn't know what I was doing. I remember the very first day, though, I was hooked because I could get up and move. That first day, I, I was up on this ridge. And I remember this. And I called. And I finally I heard a bird way off. Uh, in the distance but he went a different way of course now I know he probably was hinned up so I just started walking the property and I would just call every so often I remember there was a bird that struck up not too far from me just across the ravine and looking back now I should have gotten on his side because he was not gonna cross that ravine but I got down as low as what I could and he was I mean I thought this could happen I mean I just remember it was so cool I called, bird responded, and I knew right where he was. Um, That bird obviously didn't come, I didn't get a shot, and so that first year I struck out, but I learned something. Um, First thing I learned right off the bat is if you have a bird coming in or or whatever, you need to be on the kind of the same level as them. You're not going to be able to get them most of the time to cross like a big creek or a giant ravine. Um, So if you can strike up a bird and you know where he's at, Try and see if if it's possible, depending on the terrain and the cover, to get over on the same you know playing ground as what he is on. That makes it a lot easier. Um, the other thing I learned is don't move, and I can't remember if it was year one or year two. This is 2014, um, but I brought my buddy Travis Shire along with me, and this was his first uh, year, first time experience it, and we uh, had a bird goblin, but we, we weren't sure if it, he was coming. I remember we got a little impatient, and we stood up, and there was a Tom full strut coming into our decoys about 40 yards away and he saw us and took off so we learned the importance of also sometimes turkey hunting you see on tv a lot of gun and run and it all happens fast and that can happen but honestly patience probably has killed more turkeys than anything else just being willing to sit for a few minutes extra and seeing if they come in so 2015 rolls around uh, a lot more the same i think that's definitely when travis shire started to get into it with me a little bit um and 2015 rolled around and I still struggled, I still <laughs> just made mistakes, I had birds coming in and I bumped them, and I don't remember all of the stories back then, but it finally paid off in the most unexpected way. I think I've told this story before, but it was a Sunday. Um, And you're allowed to hunt on Sundays in Ohio and so I was but I was not planning to hunt that day, I'd gone to church and we had a thing called small group in the evening where people come over to our house and we'd eat together and laugh, tell stories, do a Bible study kind of thing, and I was I knew I needed to to go mow the yard because it'd been a while. And so I was headed out, told my wife I'm gonna go mow, so I was headed out toward my shed and now mind you I own three acres, so I don't have a lot of property, and only a part of that is wooded, a very small fraction of that is wooded. Um turkey gobbles. And I had heard a a turkey the year before gobble across this ravine. It's a wooded ravine in below my house. Uh, It goes down to like this little tiny creek, and then it pops up and it goes way up over this hill. And I heard him the year before he gobbled. He and I would have back and forth calling matches, but I could never get him to come in. Well, that bird, I I imagine it was the same bird, maybe not, but he gobbles. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to grab my vest. I'm in blue jeans. I don't throw on any camo. Just grab my camo vest, go down by my wood pile. I got this wood pile. Um, you know, stacked up right on the edge of the wood line. And so I'm right above the ravine, and he's clear on the other side, clear up on top of the hill. And I call, and I call, and I call, and this bird doesn't say a word. And so I'm sitting there probably 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, I need to go and mow. Like, <laughs> I've got responsibilities. So I walk back up to uh, the shed, and he gobbles again. And he sounds a little bit closer. So I was like, <sighs> All right, I'll go back down. So I ran back down to the wood pile, and I called, and I and I, I mean, I was using the pot call, and I think I was starting to use a mouth call at that point a little bit too, um, but not not very much. I wasn't very confident, and so I I just wait, 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 and finally I did. I'm like, okay, I gotta go, Mo. So I gave a little cut call, just a quick little, and he went off in front of me so this bird has now crossed the ravine and he's out in front of me and I'm like, okay, I just need to put the call down like this bird is hot he is coming, it's afternoon, he's lonely I put the call down, I got the gun up and this bird, I saw him coming out in the distance he popped his head through the briars was coming down this path he crossed the property line and I let him have it (laughs) and he did a barrel roll down over the hill and then I went and I chased him and on TV they never show you what happens there like how like what are you supposed to do does he just flop it out or so I I proceeded to kind of step on his neck or whatever there's guys that ring their necks you know that's kind of graphic but honestly if you've never turkey hunted you don't know what to do so stepping on their neck or whatever is kind of a way to I mean they're already probably going to die but it's a quicker way to finish them off so That's what I did. And I'm down over this hill, mind you. Um, My wife thinks that i'm mowing (laughs) so finally i get this bird and he was a nice big tom he had a 10 and a half inch beard i think he weighed over 18 19 pounds which is a big bird for me and i came up over the hill and i'm just as proud as can be i shot my first turkey on my own three acres never believed that would happen after spending a couple weeks chasing them all over 100 acres not not getting anything done so i go up and my wife's uh I see her going from the garage, going up the back porch, going inside. I'm like, hey, and I hold up the bird, and I'm all happy. I get up there. She's got tears in her eyes. I'm like, Kate, what's wrong? And she's like, you told me you were going to go mow. I thought the mower had blown up. I heard a boom, and I thought you were down over a hill dead somewhere. I was going inside to call the E-Squad. And so I had to calm my wife down. But I got my very first turkey in 2015, and it was completely unexpected. So the first thing I want to just pass on to you that I learned is you need to go a little easy on the calls. It's so tempting. Like, I remember a bird would gobble, and I would I would try and I'd hit him with a, a response, and then he'd gobble, and I'd go just go back and forth, back and forth. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just wait. Like, call if he answers, great if he's interested, and put down the call and just wait it out a little bit. Um, not always <laughs> it's, it's, i mean there's no absolutes it seems like in turkey hunting but that's actually been something i've tried to do a lot is not overcall. it's so tempting to try and get him to you know call back every time but you got to got to limit that and the second thing i learned is that you just never know when it's going to happen and that's played out a few more times um so move on to 2016 2016 was uh, the year i thought I was uh, a turkey calling champion, okay, (laughs) so my buddy Trav, he's in it Uh, that year, he's um, excited getting into it, and we, what I started to notice was that I would go all around that property that I have permission to hunt, Uh, a guy at church lets me hunt, 100 acres, and I would bump birds, and there would be birds up in this one field. They would always end up there by like nine o'clock, eight o'clock. I would get there; there would always, and I bumped so many birds out of that field. So, I told my buddy Travis this: I was like, "Why don't we just start there?" So, opening day, I think, or close to then, we had a plan that we were going to go there. I don't; we may have tried to roost the birds. I don't know that we did. I uh, don't know that I knew much about that back then, and. So we got in this field. We had to chase the cows out. I remember that. We got in nice and early. The cows were right in the field where we wanted to be, and we chased them out. So them moving and running off, that may have made the birds not see us, hear us, whatever. But we sat down right above. Looking back now, it was a terrible spot. I mean, (laughs) we were almost too close to the action, right above where they would have been roosted. Um, We're at the bottom part of this this field that's basically on a hill and we put out a decoy which back then and still today what i use mostly is just a jake decoy and a hen and they weren't avian x they weren't anything they're walmart specials right nothing too great but i put those out i think one of them maybe was a primos hen and uh put those out in front of us and set up and i I didn't have to call at all that morning um there was a hen roosted nearby and she called and I may have called once, but that hen went off, and she flew down into the field, and then pretty soon, two gobblers flew down. And Trav was just there to film me, or he we could have probably doubled, but these two toms made their way right at the decoys, and I blasted one. And we got our first kill on film, and I was just pumped. Like, it was so awesome. And they were running at the decoys. I wish we would have maybe waited to see if they would have attacked the decoys or seen all of that, but it was just really cool. We finally got it on film and I mean it was it worked the plan worked perfect. Um the rest of the season did not go that way. The rest of the season I bumped birds, made mistakes and just struggled. Um until close to the last part of the season, I think I had about a week left. I was dragging myself out of bed and I decided I was going to go back to that field. Instead of trying to do all these other things that I was doing, I went back to the field where I knew they ended up. I got up on the hill and put out my decoys and I was trying to sneak in this hunt a little early because my buddy Trav and Jim were coming over to help me uh, redo uh, my uh, porch and I thought you know I'll just sneak in this hunt real quick you know that's the beauty of turkey hunting you can go real quick and either it happens at first light or it doesn't so sure enough fog is starting to lift and I have a turkey gobbling over my left hand shoulder and it's in a spot where I haven't heard one all year. And so I've got my decoys out in front of me kind of, at this point I'm up on the hill instead of being clear down over. And I put my decoys out about 10 yards. I'm sitting under a pine tree. Grass is kind of getting a little higher. And this I hear this bird over my left-hand shoulder, and I thought about moving to try and set up on him. But I was like, you know what? I've moved too many times, and I bump birds every time I do it. One thing you'll discover in the turkey woods Um, another little nugget for you is that those birds when they gobble it sounds like they're really far away but the reality is they're actually not that far the leaves really especially when the leaves come on it really muffles their sound so a bird that sounds like he's maybe 200 yards away and way over the ridge he might actually only be 100 yards away and he's just on the other side of a knob so you got to be careful with that so I decided to stay put and I'm, what's the cool about this was I was self-filming, and I have the video camera on me, and I'm calling to this bird that's over my left-hand shoulder, trying to get him to come up over a ridge and come into my decoys. Well, instead of that, you can see me. All of a sudden, I look down in front of me, and there was a tom that came in absolutely silent, never gobbled, never made a noise. He came in directly in front of me. In fact, he came in the exact same spot where those other two birds where I got my first one that year I came in. And he slowly just, he came into full strut a couple times, came up over the hill, into my set about 15, 10 yards away. You know, it wasn't far at all. And so I'm just filming him trying to, and he comes up to my decoy, circles my Jake decoy, and then he slaps my Jake decoy, jumps up in the air. I mean, it it was amazing. I'd never seen one do that in person. And then he circles my hen, and I let him have it. I think, honestly, on my first shot, I made a bad shot. I may have winged him or whatever, but he ends up running closer to me. So I shoot him again. I'm using an 870 Wingmaster 12 gauge. It's a I have a slug barrel on this gun, so I don't have a choke. I don't have any of that stuff. In fact, I haven't had any of that stuff until I just bought a 410 for my daughter a couple of weeks ago that has the choke, and I can shoot TSS and all that. So I've been using just run-of-the-mill regular old shotguns with slug barrels, so nothing that you should have, I guess. I dropped this bird on the spot, Big Tom, and I'm by myself, absolutely pumped, and it was my first self-filmed deal, which I felt like was a major accomplishment. I had the camera pointed the wrong way when this bird came in. I had my gun. I was planning to shoot right-handed even though I normally shoot left. Because of where that first bird was. So I had to get the camera turned around. I had to get the gun switched over to my left hand shoulder again. Do all this stuff. And uh, made two shots. And and got this this bird down. And then I got to surprise my buddy Trav whenever he came in. And Jim (laughs) uh, had them watch the footage. And uh, taped all that. And that actually I just released. We re-released on YouTube and Facebook. So that film you can go watch. uh, Should be coming out. uh, uh, Actually I I take that back. It will be coming out on... Monday. So Monday uh, that'll drop and um, it's just awesome. That's still one of my favorite hunts. It was beautiful foggy morning and just worked out. So lessons from that. Um, And I'm going to move through this kind of quickly so this doesn't drag on forever. But uh, my main lesson from 2016 was you you need to make a plan. and observe, use that plan based off of previous year's information. I always saw these birds going to this field. And so finally I was like, you know what? Why do I go chase them all around? Just go to that field and call from there and see what happens. And I killed two birds out of that same field. That field became known as the killin' field. Because over the next few years, uh, I took another bird from there. Travis Shire took, I think, at least, yeah, he took three birds from that field so it's just an area where birds just like to be. They like to peck, and they like to eat the, the cow. They'll pick bugs out of the cow's dung and all of that stuff, and um, it's just a great spot. So don't feel like you've got to go do what the guys on TV are doing, like they're sitting in the woods and they're roosting them. If you know where the birds are or where they usually end up, go there and start there. You know, that's, that's the one thing I kind of learned early on. Move into 2017, um, it was, I think, a tougher year in 2017. Um, set up on that same ridge with uh, Travis Shire, and sure enough, like I just said, we had some birds come in. I think that was the year that they, the, the neighboring property put in the high fence, and so we had a little bit of a struggle because birds would be on the other side of the fence. I remember the first bird we called in that year, I could see him. He wanted to come to us, but he was on the other side of a 10-foot high fence, and he wasn't flying over it. Um, but I think that same day we called and we called a bird up in between the high fence and he was on our side and we, uh, I, that was the first year I used a mouth call and I was not great at it. It took a long time to even get a decent yelp out of it, but I mouth called this Tom. Uh, he was kind of hung up on the other side of the fence and I got him to cross the fence, come out and give Travis Shire a shot. And uh, Trav was using a double-barrel shotgun. We got this on film. It was called Two Old Guns, Two Big Toms or something like that. And uh, he uh, shot this bird out there and had to shoot him twice, I think, and chased off running after him. And he got caught up in a Bob bar, bar fence, and he caught this bird. So we were pretty pumped. But we decided, you know what, we're probably not going to get anything else in this spot. So let's let's go up into the woods. Let's go up on the ridge, what we call the Saddleback. And we just went and every so often we would call and we got almost to the peak of the saddleback and we heard a bird go off. And so we decided we need to drop into the woods. So we dropped over the other side into the woods, set out our decoys out in front of us. Now we're hunting private so we can put out our decoys in the woods and it's, you know, I've never ran into anybody else out there. You have to be careful with that on, on public ground but we called and bird responded and sure enough he came up and over the ridge and he actually ended up in that field above us it almost we almost messed up we we probably should have set up on the edge of the field so we could see the field and the woods but we dropped down over the the first flat but fortunately that bird he kind of circled around our decoys I was able to pull up and uh, he just popped out nothing too spectac- spectacular about this story but this bird he just kind of came out into it in a little bit of an opening and I had I had him but uh, Travis Shire was on the other side of a tree and I was like you got him you got him I was really wanting to get it on film and finally he leans out and you can just barely see this bird's red head and I let him have it chase him through the woods and I got him And uh, I was just pumped. And I was using, a guy from Churchhead uh, uh, sold me uh, an Ivor Johnson 16 gauge. And I had put a new stock on it and refinished it the best that I could. And so I was pumped to get that. It was a 100-year-old gun. So we had two old guns, and we took two birds the same day. Not really a double, but uh, it was cool because on that one, what I learned was using the mouth call became a very, like, valuable tool. There's a lot of guys that struggle with it. You can watch a million YouTube videos. The thing I'll say about mouth calls is you've got to practice. You cannot just throw one in. Every year I have to practice to reestablish and I watch, watch videos of actual hens calling. Now you can watch videos where guys teach you how to do it. That's fine. But most of the time, what you'll end up doing is just trying to imitate what a turkey hunter sounds like. You need to imitate what a hen sounds like, and they have a unique cadence. And um not saying that there's not guys that you can learn from that do extremely well, but I've my best success has been watching hen videos. Watch them purr. Watch them cluck. I still can't purr because I can't roll my r, so I have to do like a little thing with my lips. And I, I just, I just, I do most of it honestly on a pot call because I just. if I'm trying to do any of those soft noises, or if I want to make a really good cluck, I've learned how to do that on a pot call, and um, if any of you want to learn how to do what I know how to do on that, I could video that. Just send me a message, sheddinglightod at gmail.com. I'll send you a quick video of everything I know how to do on a pot call that I think has helped me, but learning that mouth call definitely was uh, just kind of a feather in my cap. It's just one more tool to add to my belt, and I was able to call in two birds that day using that, and it was awesome. So Learn to change things up too. I mean, it was fun killing birds in that killing field, but going into the woods, that's the thing I'm really now trying to get better at because I've struggled with knowing when to move. It's easy if they come into a field and you can just call them into your set. like You see that on TV all the time, but that's just not always going to be the case uh, for a lot of people. That's just not going to happen all the time. So change it up. Uh, 2018, I learned don't get cocky uh, because I got skunked in 2018. So just keep keep the record so far. I got skunked my first year. I barely got a bird my second year. 2018, I got skunked after three straight years of getting birds. Um, I don't remember all the details. I just remember I, I just did not get anything. Um, and looking back on it now, I realize... Um, that there was a lot going on that spring, a lot of things happening um, with uh, my dad, and my dad passed away, and there's a lot of different things happening there, but was not able to get a turkey that year. But 2019 rolls around, went out with my brother, and my brother and I, and we're getting down to the end of this, so if you're getting sick of my stories, um, I'm about done. (laughs) Uh, But my brother had roosted some birds out on... um, He's moved into the property where my mom and dad live, and in fact, we were moving my mother into uh, an assisted living place because she has Alzheimer's, and we just felt like she just needed that extra care, needed a place where there was activities, get her out of the country and in town, and her friends would be there, and it was a tough, very tough day, but we wanted to squeeze in an early morning turkey, and we thought, man, we could do this, and we can... Um, get a quick one in, and so he had gone out the night before, and he had roosted birds, and he was pretty sure he knew, like, within 50 yards of where this bird was roosted. I had never, I would tried to roost birds before. You go out with, like, an owl call the night before, like, um, right at last light, so they're already on the roost. You let out a loud owl call, and they, they shock gobble. They give up their location, and sometimes you can get kind of close without bumping them off the limb, and you know where they are. Well, I've I've never really been super successful with that, and my brother, he's, he's very good at it. So he had these birds pegged. It was kind of a rainy morning, and we slipped in. We sat down under this big tree, <laughs> and um, first light comes. Well, I got, I'm trying to film this, and I have to take my camera off of the tripod because it's raining, just a light rain. So I've got it on my lap, and I've got it covered up. and I've, um, So I've got this basically camera kind of sitting over top of my gun. So I was not in a ready shooting position. All of a sudden, a bird flies down over our left-hand shoulder, and it's a hen. And she flies down, and then she comes back, and she goes right past in front of us. And then, out of nowhere, this tom drops out of the tree. I believe we were sitting directly under, right in front of us. Big tom, drops out of the tree 20 yards. My brother's right-handed. He's got his gun pointed toward the left, of course. I should be able to shoot this bird, but I got a camera in my lap. And this bird comes down, he immediately kind of starts putting, he sees us moving. I'm trying to yell at my brother, hey, get there, whisper to him, "Get, get, take the camera, I want to shoot him. Or, And then I realized, I got the camera, I can't, so I was like, turn and swing, turn and swing. And he's like, I can't, and I'm, I'm like, turn and swing. And so he turns, and he fires twice, and this bird flies, and he misses him. Um, so we didn't get that. We were very disappointed. Uh, we went around the property trying to find some others. And then we went to a strategy that I'd never done before. We got in a car. Um, and we just started driving through fields, um, or not through fields, driving by fields. And we came past this spot in, in the town I grew up in, small little town. And out in the far end of the field, where there's cows and stuff on, on the other pasture, on this cattle field, there are like a flock of turkeys and definitely a couple of toms big birds. So we get on X, We know who owns it. We call the guy. Of course, we're local guys, and he was like, yeah, just watch out for the cows. Go out there and help yourselves. So next thing I know, my brother and I are running through <laughs> the lower part of this pasture, uh, crossing fences, and we must have had to cross like four or five different fences, and we had a, a tom strutter in our hand. That didn't come into play, um, but we, we snuck up along the far side of this fence, and we could hear him gobbling. We didn't make a noise until we got up to where we could almost see I let out just a couple mouth calls, and this bird over the hill, just he lets out a gobble. And so we just shut up, and I got the gun up, and I, finally I just slowly see this bird pop his head up, and I shoot. And I I see feathers, but I don't know if I've got them. And then my brother, he pops up real quick. He crosses the fence. I get the camera up, and these other birds are getting out of this field in a hurry. And he pulls up and shoots a jake on the run, and it smacks into the fence and bounces off. He goes after his, I go after mine, and we both. That was my very first double. Now, it is not a double like you see on TV. (laughs) uh completely non-traditional the way that we went about it i mean we just kind of ambushed these birds run and gun and were able to get in close to a quick call and they popped up and gave us a shot and it was awesome uh it was really special for me and my brother especially considering how that you, you know that how the rest of that day was going to go it was a tough decision to move my mom and the fact that i somehow got most of that on film was was cool and um you know we had this plan and it fell apart so the big lesson on that one was just you know, sometimes you just got to go find the birds. If you mess up, it's okay. Just go get in a car, see if you can drive, get on Onyx, knock on some doors and see if you, I mean, that's the only time that that's worked for me, but worked well. And then the last bird that I can tell you about was with my father-in-law. We went out to another property where there's a lot of uh, cut corn fields and soybean fields. And um, I've had some pretty good luck out there, at least finding birds, but was never able to kill a bird. And so we found these birds that were fired up. Uh, there was two or three of them, and we got in close, and I called, and I was probably within 60 yards of these birds, and they would just gobble their heads off, but they would not commit. I could not get them to step out into any shooting lane, and I couldn't. I never could lay eyes on them. And so we decided to make this big loop, come around them, and see if we could you know, get these birds. And uh, it's getting down toward the end of the day. My father-in-law, he's not, not exactly into turkey hunting. He just happened to come along, and he was videoing, and um these birds they uh, uh there was this ravine where i thought that they were well, all of a sudden we we took off and we saw two running across the field way out in front of us and i was like shoot i was like we messed up and i i thought though i was like those kind of look like hens so we're walking down this last little strip where the ravine is in below us now this is late season so it's all greened up it's hard to see and we are just about to veer off to the left and head back to the car so within about 10 to 15 yards, we're about to veer off, and that's going to be the end of the hunt. But I told my father-in-law, I'm like, "Eh, I'll call down over here one more time. And I look down over the hill, and I let out a quick call, and I just see two redheads pop up. Like, I had no time to think. I just knew that they were redheads. I pull up the gun, boom, and I shoot one, he does the flop. I go down, I get him, and it's a nice Tom. <laughs> and my father in law thought I was just joking. He's like, Did you shoot one? I was like, Yeah. And he didn't have time to get on film or anything. But that was just one of those. We were just walking along, and I just happened to bushwhack one. I mean, I just got lucky. He just happened to be down over the hill. I pulled up that scenario. I can't see that panning out too many other times the way that it did. Um, so. 2019 was really just a matter of big thing. I learned that was if you can roost them, great. Um, that's something I'm trying to get better at these years. But sometimes you just need to be ready. Just have the gun ready, be walking, let out a call from time to time, um, and it can pan out. You know, it can definitely pan out in an instant. Last year I got skunked again. Um, I was trying to use a recurve and I had two hens come in the field. One of them had a beard so I tried to shoot her and uh, missed her and I look over to my right and there's a tom coming in to the decoys and he turns around and runs away. Um, Also was trying shots that were too far away with guns that didn't have a choke in them so uh, missed two other birds and I just wasn't just wasn't where I needed to be, and was pretty frustrated at the end of last year. I hunted a lot because of COVID, and um, so this year I bought my daughter. It's for my daughter, but I'm definitely going to use it. You know, she's still pretty young, Uh, but I got a 410 that uh, can shoot TSS and feel like I can... My goal still is to get the birds within 40 yards. I'm not going to try and shoot a a long shot. That's not the goal, but I just want to make sure I have confidence in the gun, and I'm not shooting a slug barrel, Um, so having good equipment is important. So those are my turkey stories <laughs> over the last few years. And I've killed them in a lot of different ways. And um, I guess my key takeaways from all of this is there's there's no one way to do it. Um, I hunted with some guys that would take a blind and they'd pop a blind up out in the middle of a field. Apparently turkeys don't care. And they'd set decoys around that. We had birds come in. Um, I wasn't there for it later on that evening. They shot a bird that came into that set. Um, I've shot them with, in the woods after roosting them. I've shot them in the field. And there's been two a lot of different scenarios that I've been in with other people. Uh, I could have told a lot more stories where I was there when a bird was killed. But just wanted to kind of give you my stories. Here's my big takeaway. If you're new at this, is to get online, find one way that you want to try and do it and get good at that. Um, we got good at killing birds in the field. We knew they came there. And I got good at running a pot call. Learn just a couple techniques. It's not like you have to know everything that very first year or second year that you go out. Go out there and just get good at something <laughs> and use it. Um, there are some guys that are absolutely terrible with a mouth call. Um but they keep trying to, like, and I'm not saying don't keep trying, but there's other things that you can use. And there's no shame in using a pot call. There's no shame in even using a box call or even one of those little squeaker, you know, push push things. Whatever you can use to kill a bird, um, you know, that's, that's what you need to do. Uh, second thing is learn just to be patient. Sit you know, don't, there's a time to gun and run. There's time to run, but a lot of times just sitting still and being patient is going to help. There's so many times I've heard where I've heard this story and it's happened to me where you call on a spot and then you go and you move spots and then you find out that the bird is in the spot where you originally came called from. Sometimes it just takes them time. Um, You're going to get frustrated. There's going to be hens that are just going to ruin your day. Um, The hens are going to, you got to understand this. Uh, This is old information for those of you who have been turkey hunting for a while but you are trying to do reverse nature in nature a tom gobbles from the tree and the hens gather at the base of the tree because they want that top you know that top tom and then he flies down off and he he gets henned up that's what he's going to do so you trying to call a tom over to you is reverse nature it's not the way it typically works unless you find a lonely tom afternoons are usually great you know uh, 10 10 to 2 is a great time to hunt turkeys especially because they those other hens they run off that they've been with but all of that to say a lot of rambling there but the big point is get in the woods and just Learn it, and don't put too much pressure on yourself. If you get one in the early morning, great. If you don't, well, keep at it or go get breakfast. You know, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about it. As you get out there, it's 5 a.m. Get in under the cover of darkness, and you get in close to him But if you mess up, you know, you can keep at it. Or if you decide that you want to go over uh, to Bob Evans and have some breakfast with a buddy, that's still fun too. Um, don't put so much pressure on yourself because really, it's it's just supposed to be fun. Uh, being out in the spring woods and enjoying it. Um, the thing that i enjoy the most about the spring and this is what i'll wrap up with i love watching that sunrise and hearing those those birds do what they do i love just there's something i I love the fall woods but there's just something special about that newness of life um birds chirping owls hooting toms gobbling Nothing like that experience, and just seeing as the season progresses, it just turns greener and greener and greener, and then there's flowers, and it's just absolutely stunning to see what God has made, and just being out there and enjoying it. I've been there's been too many times where I've just been frustrated and angry in the turkey woods, and which is just stupid because it it really I shouldn't put so much pressure on myself trying to kill a, a a bird you know <laughs> it's just at the end of the day it's really about being in god's creation and just seeing his creativity the way that he's wired these animals and, and the things that you can learn and just pace yourself just know that it's taken me seven years to feel like i'm even halfway decent at getting on a bird and i still have a long way to go um so go out with a buddy that maybe knows what they're doing watch videos uh, watch our videos learn from our mistakes and hopefully that's something that will be a benefit to you Guys, thanks for listening to me ramble today for about 35 minutes. I appreciate that. Hope that it was something, maybe you got some takeaways, some things that you learned. If you have any questions or if you have anything that you're curious about, any way that I can help, um, I'll do the best that I can. Send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com. I'd be happy to connect with you. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Hope that you have a great week, and remember to shed the light.